Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. It's Sunday afternoon, the bank holiday weekend, Trimby and I are sitting on the couches, a little bit depressed that we're not out in the sunshine like the rest of you. We hope you've had a fabulous weekend though. How class is, is Ireland? Just like throwing bank holiday weekends out like they're just oh, for the crack. Like they're going out of date. Yeah, we've had three in the last month and now we're going to have another one in a few weeks. When, whenever you introduce yourself to the cameras, I've never uh, noticed this before, but that middle camera is quite, uh, there's a black background, it's quite far away and it's quite hard to see. Yeah. And it's quite atmospheric in here. And this is a little bit like maybe what um, the Unsullied saw whenever. Oh, yes. Just Pat staring back. <laughs> Pat, the, the Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I, I wasn't too sure about the Dothraki scene. That, yeah. that, was, that pissed me off a little bit because the Dothraki are badass mother feckers. Yeah. And they, they kill everyone. They're like the best, you know, the best of the best. And they go off with their lit, lit up swords yeah. to fight them. And then... It looked promising. Yeah. And then they just disappear like that. Yeah. Which was suggest that whoever they met at the front line were way beyond what we thought they were going to be. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. It was just the feckin' dead lads. Yeah. And we never, actually, we never actually got to see what happened. Jorah. Sir, yeah. Sir Jorah came he back. back. Didn't even he say anything. Like, yeah. Not to worry. Yeah. Didn't work out. That was a bit silly. Because yeah. like Sam was killing them like... Sam. Like nobody. Yeah, but the Dothraki were struggling. Yeah. yeah. Fucking, there's, there's, there's just, there's inconsistencies yeah. all over the place. But we just, we never got to see anything that happened. And it, it seems like HBO said, right, let's have this class dragon scene. Let's have this class um, scene at the end where Arya does her thing. Let's have Red Woman fire everywhere. Mm. Oh crap, we've run out of budget. How are we going to throw show the Dothraki scene? Let's just do lights. <laughs> Less lights. Less lights. Galactus. Yeah, they go off and then just the, the lights extinguish and that's that sorted. Yeah. We'll move on. Just, yeah. Blown out a few candles. Done. Yeah. That's it. I'd be so disappointed if I was Dothrakian. Yeah. Yeah. Were you Dothrakian up north for a while? I had you. I had you had us. You were hearing yeah. us about uh, to a few families. Fair play to Jack Carty. He got so much of that shit right, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Yeah. Um... We're going to have Dave Shannon on the show again later on. Yeah. Because he was so bad last week. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to redeem himself. See if he's improved at all. So he's going to be on in part three to talk us through what happened last week in that uh, kind of famous episode and what's going to happen next week. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a look at the Guinness Pro 14 quarterfinals uh, and up the road to the Champions Cup final between Leinster and Saracens next week. We've got your Made More Player of the Weekend. We tackle your Twitter questions and chat to our Game of Thrones correspondent, Ulster Scrum Half, David the Pirate Shanahan, <laughs> after riding the Queen. Um, but first of all, um, I you weren't working at the Ulster match, you were you no. weren't doing comms. No. I thoroughly, as per usual, enjoyed uh, Robbo's commentary. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just happy crack. He just enjoys it, doesn't he? Fun-loving person, yeah. yeah. He's just such a pleasure to listen to. But a lot of people pointed out on Twitter that he was uh, stealing from us. Yeah, he was robbing our lines. Yeah, but I think that's, like, as someone else pointed out, it's just flattery is the best compliment, or sorry, uh, in, uh, I think I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Imitation, imitation is the best 
form of flattery. So thank you, uh, Robbo. What he oh, did thanks. say, so he said, I mean, <laughs> how bad must it be that he's, <laughs> he's stealing knowledge from us? <laughs> like, if I want rugby knowledge, I'll go to Murray Kinsler or someone that's like... No, we would be the last people <laughs> yeah. to consult. Yeah, <laughs> Robbo's listening to us <laughs> for his rugby knowledge. So he, he copied me on the Darren Cave coming up. Uh, shutting down everything in 13 and how good he is at that. Yeah. Which I was like, brilliant. Take it. It's yours. Fine. And then he took yours for the John Cooney house party from last week. Yeah, he said he moved house. Yeah, which he defended himself on Twitter to say he did. Yeah. Um, but like, thank you, Robbo, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He also used a great word, diminutive. Wow. To describe <laughs> Rob Little. <laughs> which I, I just thought that was brilliant. Do you know what diminutive means? Do you want me to give it a go? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to Google the definition. Diminutive. <laughs> First of all, mispronunciation. Um, diminutive. Um, uh, a small physical stature, yeah. but quite a large heart. Okay, yeah. Is that close? It just said extremely and unusually small <laughs> on, on Google, which is such a funny thing, way to describe a rugby player. Yeah. I wonder, did he have that in his head going in, or did he just... Yeah, he's got sheets and sheets of notes. Is he that yeah. prepared? Yeah, he's a machine. Like I'd hate to be called diminutive. Such <laughs> <laughs> kicking the balls. Yeah. Does he have that much preparation? You were quite diminutive. I was not. You were a little diminutive. Lanky, like <laughs> unusually small, <laughs> skinny. Yeah, it's definitely a different term for that. Um, we'll get Robbo to come up with a term. Yeah, I love it. I had. Uh, do you Did ever hear a guy called Gun? <laughs> Robo, if you're watching, can you please describe Barry? <laughs> and make it derogatory, <laughs> please. I think we can. Uh, I'd love if we could influence what Robo says every week. Yeah. Just get him. get him to sneak in a couple of. Just get him to say buzzwords. I had this. Uh, do you ever hear Pat Spillane? He's a famous Kerry footballer from like the 70s, would he? Pat Spillane, 70s and 80s? 70s, 80s, yeah. Absolute character, man. Legend. He does a lot of punditry work on Ferrati and uh, commentating and stuff. And I met him in Abu Dhabi a few years ago. We were at a festival and he was over there as well and we ended up going on the piss with him. And me and our, uh, our drummer, Dermy, we were getting a taxi from one pub to the next and Pat Spillane was in the front. And we were in the back and he was, I think there was a Somalian guy uh, driving the taxi and he was going, where are you from? And I was like, Somalia. And he was like, I love Somalia. And he started just talking shit about Somalia. And I was like, this guy's been to Somalia loads of times. And then he said, uh, I started asking about punditry. I was like, have you any tips? He said, buzzwords, bar. Just give him loads of buzzwords, whatever you can think of. He goes, I think like he started listing off a few buzzwords for us. And like, I think one of them was irrelevant. He just says, just say irrelevant. And I had had this conversation with Owen Redden, <laughs> Redzer before about uh, using that word irrelevant. He'd used it in in like an argument. He, he well, he's it? actually no. Your mum was just using it in a commentary, like say irrelevant. And Redzer had actually said this to me before. If you use it in an interview with a journalist, it's such a powerful yeah. stance to take because it just shits all over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever the person says. Yeah, they think they're totally barking up the wrong tree. If they yeah. ask you something, well, that's irrelevant at the end of the day. You're diminutive. Ooh. That's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Redzer, Redzer is so strategic with stuff like that. Yeah. You know what he used to do? If um, two people were chatting and someone walked in, no matter what you're talking about, he would go, well, speak of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make you insecure. 
<laughs> or the other thing he does is if, again, two people chatting and one person comes in and he, if he um, pipes up, says something at all, if Redzer's in the back food, he'll say, well, what did I tell you? <laughs> As if, like, we've got this thing, yeah, we, know, yeah. we know him, yeah. we'd be talking about him. Oh, he's a sneaky little... He's clever, isn't he? Yeah, I've he never is. seen him in the back food. He'd be very good Game of Thrones character, man. He's, he's quite schemy. Yeah. Like that. He's got a dose of little finger. I think we get Robbo to say irrelevant, uh -huh. diminutive. <laughs> is that the word? Yes. <laughs> uh, describe me. Anything else? We could just. I think that's a lot. Is it? Something ridiculous. He might not have any more. He might not have any more games. Why not? Don't know. Because he only ever seems to do the home games. Ulster's home games, doesn't he? Yeah, it'd be a shame. Next season, though. Next season. <laughs> Try and get in something ridiculous like. Yeah. We'll update him between yeah. now and then. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, <clears throat> but the Ulster game, you, were you at it? You yeah, just watched no, it? I just watched it. Um, pretty convincing win. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so, and it was like, tight in the end, but I thought um, Ulster were on top the whole time. Yeah. And then the intercept kind of... That was it. Yeah, you know, there wasn't much in it, really. Credit to Connacht, they battled and battled, but Ulster just didn't let them play. Yeah, and they they just like as we talked earlier about how good their attack is, and I think Rob actually said that they've completed more passes than any team in the yeah in the league, and it's, I didn't all, those, that. it's all those tip-ons, man. They just tip on, yeah. tip on, tip on, always go out the back door. But their defence was sensational at yeah. the weekend there. Yeah, again, like we, like Rob pointed out about Darren Cave being able to cut off that thirteen position. Marshall did it. Luke did it very well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and obviously Marcel Kjotsa was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, every like so obviously. That back row is pretty handy, as mm. it is, but or even that pack in general, or the ball carriers, that pack was going really well. Their face play was good, their shape was good, but no matter how good you are, you just need a spark, and Marcel just brings a spark, mm. and he just he just turns slow ball into quick ball, mm. and for his try as well, like he did, he had no right to score that. No, really, did great he? footwork, and yeah, he just doesn't seem to slow down. His yeah. energy doesn't. That was that seventy fifth minute. Still as powerful and yeah. gotten through so much work, man. Twenty four carries. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Surely he could be looking at a call up for the spring box. You'd have thought so. Imagine having a player like that. Yeah. Like in the <clears throat> available and, and not being Yeah. But also also like Ulster's back three, I think a big big games. Missing uh um Stockdale obviously was, you know, a big gap in their back line, but the three young lads did absolutely unbelievable. Rob yeah. Little diminutive as he is was brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> Robert Balakoon as well and they, they dealt quite well with, with everything Carty had to throw at them as well. Yeah, I thought Carty was kind of, he, he was th throwing in a little, bit of, um, a little bit of mischief with his kicking game. He was testing Michael Laurie I thought. Hmm. I don't think uh, Michael Laurie will be tested as much in the backfield in terms of what he's, the grass he's covering uh, and he still, he still dealt with it really well. Yeah. One or two went, went behind him but he picks it up and he can, he can fight and use his footwork and get out of trouble that way. Hmm. Uh, and then defensively on the edge, um, Robbie Little try saving tackle, Balakoon big hit, big hits, man, yeah. man and ball. There was one he got one wrong off a midfield scrum, and then I was concerned that he would that would maybe take um, the sting out of him a little bit. He'd be hmm. more cautious, but he seemed just as confident next time around because um, kind of a lot of a lot of their stuff kind of didn't quite work out. A few passes didn't go to hand. Execution wasn't perfect, but you can see like. They threaten, 
and you mm. have to be switched on. Wingers especially need, need to be switched on. That's two young fellas I thought he did really well. Mm. Yeah, I think Ulster kind of showed up a few weaknesses in Connacht's side. Maybe not defensively. I don't think they have the cohesion that that is needed to to beat the types, the likes of Ulster, Munster, or Leinster. <coughs> uh, there was just they were a little bit jagging in their line speed at certain times, and there wasn't huge, you know, a lot of decision make, good decision making. Yeah. Um, I think Ulster were probably un unfortunate not to score a few more points in the first. 60, 70 minutes because it was surprising that there was, it was so close after yeah. after that land. Not taking anything from Connacht away because they were showed a serious amount of heart and fight. But um, yeah, as I said, I thought they were standout players. Uh, Rory Best obviously finishing his last game at Kingspan, and Darren Caves for that matter. Um, we actually have some audio of Rory Best uh, from after the game. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Um, Darren Cave and Rory Best both came in and. Um, Cave kind of set the scene for for best and handed it, handed it over to him and on the way out and the Cave was actually talking about if he plays two more games if they get to the final he would surpass your record as well your playing mm -hmm. record. Come on, Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> How many is that? Uh, two two. He's on two two eight. I'm on two two nine. Two hundred twenty eight. Honestly, Luke Marshall went down with a head injury. I was like, Lukey, would you get your finger out? <laughs> Because <laughs> did he? He didn't. Did Darren Cave finish the game? Because he came on and went back off. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. Uh, oh, you thinking like he got two caps for that one? <laughs> <laughs> He's overtook me. Oh, he came on. He came on. Came off and then came back on again. I think so. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so he came up first, and then Rory Best was up, and he was just talking about how great an occasion it was, and he, he actually just set the scene of what it's like to to drive to the Kingspan or Ravenhill on match day as well. So it's a very, very nice kind of way of describing it. It's a strange day because I think when you're coming back from a bit of an injury, you're kind of a little bit uncertain anyway. You just want to get into the game, you want to get started. But I think when the game's a knockout, when it's your last game at the Kingspan, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions. And I think just waking up this morning, you, you just wanted to get to 5.35 and just get the thing started and get underway. It felt like a, a long enough day, but yeah, look, it was... I think in terms of, of a gutsy performance and, and a win, I think it's something we can be really proud of. But yeah, look, there's it's funny the, the things that get you know, driving in and sort of thinking that it was almost, I, I think I've said a few times that it, when I leave home, you leave home in great weather and you get to somewhere between Dromore and Hillsborough and the rain starts. And that's sort of been, felt like my Ulster career at home. And ironically enough, I got to Hillsborough and it, it felt like it was going to start raining. I was going, you are kidding me. Um, and those are the little bits, like they're the bits you'll miss. Um, you'd remember bits of the game, you don't remember that much of the game. So those sort of memories and those feelings and, and pulling in here, walking through, coming out for the warm-up. Uh, thankfully the terrace was, was well full for the warm-up and just all those those little special moments where is is what they'll, like it's, it's what it's all about. Um, then obviously coming down the tunnel with the kids was Actually, leaving the pitch after the warm up and they were already in the tunnel was tough enough. But look, it was a, it was a great day. Enjoy Thankfully, it was enjoyable because of the result. Yeah, it, it keeps it keeps it keeps cropping up. I, I try not to think about it um, because it just I just feel like I'm bound to get injured or bound to not get on. So um, I suppose I mean if it can if other people are talking about it and if it helps the group find one extra percent of motivation in their preparation or in their performance, then then it's a positive thing. Um, I said during the week, 
I remember playing my first cap away to the borders in 2007, April. And I remember phoning my dad after the game and I said, Dad, can you believe that I can say for the rest of my life that, I, that I'm an Ulster player? And while it's, it's, it's not an, a fair comparison, caps, because of the professional games taken over from the amateur game, in terms of how many fixtures there is, I'm not going to lie and say that it would be pretty satisfying to retire with a trophy and, and say that I played for Ulster more than anyone ever in the, in the history of the club. Um, so it, it's something I try not to think about too much, but uh, thankfully it coincides with the goals of the team. And something I've said before is I kind of enjoy joking with Trimby about it. Um, like we, we love when people reach 100 caps so we can give them a wee patronising pat on the back and say well done on 100 you must be so proud it's such a big number and um, you know so we enjoy that a lot Alright there's two of Ulster's biggest legends of all time Rory Best and Darren Cave anything you'd like to say um, about the two boys uh, can we come back to that <laughs> um, did you um, have a lot of kind of nostalgia or like a routine on match night driving to the game like Rory was talking about there because I in the early days this changed at one stage I used to listen to it might have been Radio 1 or something but it was The Wonder Years do you remember that show on BBC Radio 1 and it was old like 90s okay. classics Yeah, and I was getting up for the game these cracker tunes like <laughs> Oasis Blur yeah. I was going I am Alanis Morissette <laughs> <laughs> and you pumped for a game to a lesser extent <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then one, then it, they stopped and they changed it around. And it was something else altogether. Oh, I was going, no. oh man, yeah. So I had to create a playlist for myself. Right. <laughs> for Did that happen on the way to a game? Did you like how, feel like you were going to have the shittest game ever? Then. Uh, right. Yeah, pull. Yeah, no, I didn't quite pull over, but I just put on. Put on. <laughs> just <a> puking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Panicking. Can't go on. <laughs> can't, yeah, can't play. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny because it's always the same time. So you see the same people. You might even. I, you might even kind of see the same people en route to the game or in the car park and then the same security staff and then there's a wee family that are all season ticket holders and you'd always say hi to them and mm. you used to get a, a Mars bar from them before the game. You know, they say there's always a wee routine. Well. And then one time uh, there was a two event sec staff uh, and I went past and I went, uh, well, fellas, <laughs> one of them turned around and it was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a brilliant moment. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No. Did, did you say the, they, they would give a Mars bar to everyone in the team? Yeah. What? Yeah, I, actually, to be fair, I think that would usually happen after the game. You usually get your Mars bar. But yeah, you always got a Mars bar from this. Off this family? Off this family, yeah. So they just have a bag of Mars bars? Yeah, every, every game. You sign, you sign the programme, you get a Mars get bar. Get a Mars bar? Yeah. Just lure you in. Yeah. That's We've got none of that in Munster. You don't get Mars bars? No Mars bars, no. That's why you're just so crap these days. <laughs> <laughs> Semi-final again. We'll get there, we'll get there. So any 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 words of goodbye for, <laughs> yeah. for Bestie and KV? Yeah. So um, KV, obviously, I think I was, I was lucky enough to play with both those lads for so long and they've become obviously very good friends and they've been there and they've done that and they've both been leaders and they've both accomplished so much in very different ways mm -hmm. but um, uh, just two good friends that I've been very fortunate to have shared the pitch with and had some great experiences with and I think whenever you look back for me definitely whenever I look back at my career I don't necessarily remember the wins but I remember the the people and the like kind of it's not it's not 
that I've won today or we've won today that makes it special. It's sharing that with good lads, mm. sharing it with, with Rory's mm. and sharing it with Cavies. Yeah. That's what makes kind of that what that's what makes it us very lucky and very special. That we've had the opportunity to do this for so long. Yeah. I'm sure you've experienced this as well with a lot of. Yeah, and even Monster the two guys, boys, the two boys as well. Like I've played twenty ones with Bestie, who's our captain, and yeah. um, since then I've always had a great relationship with him. Actually, one of the best things Bestie did for us was um, we went on tour of Australia with the band about the last Lions tour, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> we were staying in Brisbane, played a gig in Brisbane the same night as the first test, uh-huh. and the next morning we were getting up and we were flying to Melbourne to play in Melbourne, and the Lions were flying to Melbourne as well, and they were packing their bags, they happened to be staying across the road in this five-star hotel, and we were in the fucking shitty hostel. You were in the hostel. <laughs> the hostel around the corner. So we were standing on the side of the road, but are waiting for the taxis to come and all our guitars and stuff, and Bestie comes over and he said, do you want to lift to the airport? So we threw all our guitars and bags onto the team bus, and went down to the Lions team bus, and they gave us the spin to the airport. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Unbelievable, like, Rala loading up all our gear onto yeah. the bus and stuff, and... Uh, so yeah, he's just that kind of fella, isn't he? Yeah. And as I said before, KV handed me my first and one and only Irish try uh, with a little chip when we played together in a ah. in a t- in a match against I think it might have been Canada or something like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sad to see them go. Two legends of the game, but look, they've a lot to do in the next few weeks. Uh, Glasgow uh, in three weeks or in two weeks, three weeks since their last game. Um, yeah. So KV did did he mention that in that interview then? So he's going to get two two nine in that. Mm. In this next game, yeah, yeah. If, well, if he he's going to equal you then, and then could possibly uh, surpass you then if they get to the final, then yeah, yeah. That's just one of those things. Isn't so it? he has two two. He's got two. two he's only got two two eight at the minute. Right. And you he's two, doing well, though, isn't he? It's, it's not right. He's yeah. doing great. And two two eight. <laughs> two two eight's a good tally. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, young fella. I hope. I hope. To, because <laughs> no. you're t- you're irrelevant then. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kevy. Come on, Ulster. Uh, okay, before we move on from uh, Ulster Connacht game, Jared Butler uh, gave an interview afterwards, uh, talking about Jack Carty and Colby Fainga as two standouts for him. So we'll hear that now. Well, I think you know, straight off the back, I think Jack Carty's really he's had a, a hell of a year. Um, you know. There's some that caught a little bit of stick last year and maybe beforehand I wasn't here then, but geez, the way he's just found his feet and got more and more confident as the as the season's progressed and he's been outstanding for us. And then Colby obviously coming over, he's been huge as well. And you know, when I, when I found out we signed him, I was really excited because he was definitely one of the guys that, you know, if you were to pick a, a team of Wallabies, you know, guys that should have been in the Wallabies that never was, Colby pretty be, would be pretty high on that list. So when I heard he was coming to Connacht, I was pretty excited because, and he's delivered on that. So. And lots of guys have stepped up, and um, you know, hopefully we we'll do some more. Well, look, uh, sad to see Connacht drop out, but um, great season for them, in fairness, um, and a lot of good rugby, so fair play. Uh, I was at the Munster game yesterday, squeaked through, obviously. A um, lot of people saying that Treviso deserved to win, yeah. which I don't necessarily agree with, but I have to say, fair play to them. They, like, they play class. <laughs> they had a yeah. great season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were brilliant all season. They were one of, I think they were your favourite team all year, were they to watch? Yeah, I think that it's just towards the end of the season, the last kind of six or eight weeks, they've been unbelievable. So you were sad to see them? I was. Lose. I was gutted. Okay. I honestly was so gutted. So you think they should have won? I do. I thought they were better. 
Really? For long periods, I thought they were better. It's typical monster, though, and you can't, you can't kind of quantify that. Yeah. You know how, like, Leinster and Munster, they just win games that they mm. maybe don't even deserve to win. The Leinster, Leinster win in the quarterfinal against Ulster. I thought Ulster were better that day, but it still doesn't mean you, you, just, you should win. <laughs> you yeah. know what I Because mean? there's something about that. You can't put a price on that. And uh, Munster, they, they dug deep, and that, to be fair, that kick from Hanrahan at the end was... Ridiculous, it was, wasn't it? Even yeah. being brought back that yard by yeah. <clears throat> Nigel Owens, I was like, "Fuck you, yeah. Nigel Owens!" You're yeah, brought back ridiculous. and then tapped on the shoulder. Yeah, like because in fairness, it wasn't a penalty. I think we can all agree that CJ Stander was off. That his was feet. the one. That was the one where CJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, and he brought it forward. Not only that, but he brought it forward ten meters for a bit of descent from one of the trophies players. So, oh, I didn't spot that right. So it went from being on the monsters ten meter line to being on the halfway line. So then when he went a yard further, it was like, then he brought him back. It was fuck, serious drama. Um, so, yeah, I felt bad for them because it wasn't a penalty. But, um, yeah, fair balls for, for JD to stand up there yeah. and kick an unbelievable kick. Like. Actually, because um, I was chatting to CJ Stander and, and, and Johan van Grand, there was a, a Pro 14 thing there, there today ahead of the awards. And van Grand actually got, he got goosebumps as he was talking about JJ's kick. Go ahead. Because he was talking about, like, the... The guy stepped up and he said he immediately he was going to take it as well. And yeah. so, yeah, he got, he got really into, you know, what it meant for him to take a kick. But um, CJ actually talked about the winning that uh, penalty at the end. So we could probably hear that and then you guys can yep. talk about JJ Stones. The game was in the mix and to step up for yourself. You must have been very happy with those two big turnovers you got in the last 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it's a thing that I've worked with um, with the coach as well, trying to bring something different to my game. You know, and it's something I probably had, but I haven't really worked on in, in the last few years. So, yeah, look, uh, before that I gave away two uh, penalties. i say uh, a few of them was maybe 50-50, but I was trying to just make sure I can have an impact in the game. And, Look, it could have gone anyway, but it went all way, and I think for JJ to step up and take that, that's, that, that's balls. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> big balls. Um, for lads, also, was, um, Rory's done it earlier in the season, and JJ now, and, and just you have, and then Connor stepping up during the season as well. Lads that are actually willing to kind of put the responsibility on their shoulders would be a, you know, a great thing for the squad as well. Yeah, I think it's something they work on um, as well a lot. You know, uh, I think that's a place where we wanted to improve as a team, and look, I played uh, out of fly-off when I was younger, but now I would never put my hand up if someone asked me to kick like that. And uh, Murray in the semi-final against Saracens, what a kick. Um, Rory, I remember that Glasgow game, just to take it away from him. And then this weekend, JJ, it's a big kick. Um, and it just shows if you get, have confidence in your training, you can do it, you know, and it's great. There was a moment there when, um, to go back to maybe football or something, where United beat Bayern Munich in 1999, where they were hitting the crossbar and hitting the post. And when Trevisa weren't taking those chances as well, and they're breaking through, and this that final pass is going down. As much as you might be like, shit, we have to get our act together. Is there a moment where you're thinking, these guys are missing chances, we'll get ours and stay patient out there? Was that the chat? Um, yeah, for sure. I think um, look, I think we've got a good mix of um, seniors that's been in situations like that, and we've um, we've got junior, uh, well not juniors, we've got players that hasn't been in that situation. You know, so I think the calmness the rest of the lads bring to the squad, you know, is great. And um, just you know, you just trust the system, and it's going to come through at some stage. You know, and we made it difficult for ourselves at some stages, but Treviso and some places were unreal. You know, I think that try just before half time put us under pressure, but. 
look, it's another thing. Trust our system. We trusted what we, we were given by the coaches during the week. So we just made sure we keep on knocking on that door and we're going to get through it at some stage. It was stressful, but we got through it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an unbelievable kick. Um, and to come off the bench, I think he's been brilliant for them over the last few, the last few months, just injecting a little bit of speed and a bit of creativity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, look, I understand why people thought Treviso should have won, um, but have, I watched it back this morning and like Munster completely controlled the first half. Treviso got into their 22 once in the 39th minute and got a try. Yeah. Munster in the first 25 minutes had like four or five opportunities to score. Darren Sweetnam should have gotten over in the corner, but um, uh, darted back inside a pass from behind him. Ty Byrne dropped on and the uh, and I knocked on right on the line and luckily CJ was held up. This actually CJ was held up right in the line. It was a funny one and the whoever it was for Treviso ripped the ball out of his hands, but his knees had touched the ground. So it was a it was a tackle basically. It was a maul, but then yeah. it went to a tackle. Yeah. But I always found that rule is a grand rule, but then when it comes to on the try line, right? Yeah. So he's holding him up on the try line. Sorry, was his upper was his upper body was his, the ball over the try line? He was just coming towards the try line, so he's about just before it. CJ, his knees hit the ground. Yeah. So but the rule say had, had Nigel called them all though. No, it was still it was it was only held up for a second, and he was going forward. But the rules would be if you're if you if your knees touch the ground, yeah. then you're supposed to let go of the player. Yeah. But if you let go of the player there, he's just going to score a try because it's on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there should be a different rule once it crosses the five-meter line where yeah. it can be a little bit more... But no one ever gets... It never gets... Um, no one ever calls a maul apart from <laughs> Chris Farrell <laughs> against Saracens. Did he? Um, the one that you were giving oh, off sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that rarely happens yeah, yeah. because when you're getting close to the line no one holds them up anymore because then the chances are they'll drive you over and then you'll just concede a scrum on five metre anyway Yeah. so everyone kind of just they kind of recall out of it it never usually happens that way does it? do you understand what I'm saying? that close to the line though yeah. they're trying to get the ball down on the line right? So yeah, if you no, let but, them go, they can fall over the line. Yeah, but you know the way guys go high, mm. going like when they're if they go high, even when they're picking and going, no one ever gets mauled. Then that never happens. No one get, ever gets choke yeah, tackled. Yeah. Then they always kind of find a way of getting ground. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know why that happens. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's a fu it's a funny area. Um, and look, the ball was turned over. Monster got a penalty for. But my point was that they had plenty of opportunities to score. They'd be very disappointed. Yeah. Flack him on it on the commentary halfway through the first half and said that we've created a lot of chances. Um, we haven't asked enough questions though. And it was that matter, they weren't able to convert the tries, but they were actually creating chances. And um, <clears throat> Treviso's two wingers like... Uh, Tairava. Vakade Yara. Uh, so, who did you say? <laughs> Taravayu, wasn't it? Vak no, not Vakatawa. <laughs> like he scored unbelievable. <laughs> Is <laughs> that the guy you scored in the corner? No, I think it was Taviara. I think scored. That's the, it. it. It's Taviara. Yeah. <laughs> you continue there, and I'll find out. Was it? Do <laughs> Tiger Woods? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he showed like those guys can just score, and I think Monster probably just missing a little bit. Of, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or it's definitely a pressure thing as well. When you're playing at home, you're expected to win. Monster are carrying a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Um, it's a spark. It's um, Taviara. Created a spark. Remember, I was saying like, could see it. No matter how good and well organized you are, you need a spark from mm. something. 
Yeah. You need a, just a wee bit of X factor. Yeah. Charles Piatow would have been that for Ulster last year. Really? Yeah, and then Marcel. James Lowe doing it for Leinster. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think potentially, like, obviously Earlsie and Carberry are missing for Munster to the, the big sparks they have. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's where they were lacking at the weekend. Yeah. Um, Treviso then did fight back well in the second <laughs> I don't half. Know why. I don't know. <laughs> why are you laughing? You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just a lot of sparks. Taviara is correct. Thank yeah. you. Oh, it's yes. uh, a win-win. Yeah, Ratuva, Taviara. Yeah, they were both class. Made some brilliant breaks in the second half. Yeah. Um, but uh, just couldn't convert. A few drop balls and stuff. Just the last pass. Yeah. And then the two drop goals at the end. God, you'd be, uh, you'd be sick and for missing that. Yes, like. I think they shouldn't have even gone into the drop goal pattern. I, I, they started. They were getting good momentum. Mm. and they were getting gain lines and they were keeping the ball quick and it's like they slowed the ball down themselves because they thought, right, we've got into this position now, yeah. let's get into a drop goal pattern. But if they just kept doing what they were doing, yeah, they probably would have been in a better position. Having mm. said that, if Munster were in the position that they needed uh, a drop goal to win the game, they probably would have got it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I they would. They took off Tommaso Allen, right? Yeah. Did he get injured or what happened? No, he was going mental on the sideline freaking out um, because they took him off so I was like my dad was with my dad and, and his mate who uh, are hilarious people to watch matches they were just coming out with this most batshit crazy stuff and my dad's mate actually was wearing his daughter's sunglasses which were brilliant they're big huge <laughs> oh, I saw female this. sunglasses yeah. I was like you wearing your wife's sunglasses they're Christina's <laughs> they only cost three euro can't find my ones <laughs> I loved it he's got himself to this stage where he just doesn't give a fuck but uh, they were coming up with a few conspiracies that, um, that yeah, he was, he was uh, injured or he was feigning an injury or something. But I was thinking that whoever they brought on, I can't remember who they brought on. but Ritzy, just, just uh, that he, number 22 for them. He's yeah. got to be some sort of a drop goal yeah. uh, expert. Uh-uh. They're bringing him on. <laughs> from it. <laughs> yeah, it was a pathetic effort. And I could see yeah. he was shitting himself. Like he didn't want it. It was no. there for them a few times. Yeah. Um, and they were too slow. They they just, I suppose, like the perfect example is Matt Dawson, <laughs> two thousand and three. Mm. You know, kind of just going and then just quick ball and then like, hitting Wilkinson whenever you yeah. weren't expecting it, maybe, or yeah. you, you just wouldn't have as many guys kind of looking to charge it down. Yeah. But it's like they just went, okay, we're going to go to him now. <laughs> yeah. He's going to drop a goal. So everybody ready? ready? <laughs> go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty uh, pathetic effort. But they did get a second attempt. And then I was like, fuck, it was. It was good because it was a boring enough game, so it gave it a, a nice finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, squeaky bomb time. Um, Van Gran also took off Ty Byrne and Connor Murray quite early in the second half. Yeah. So it was strange because they were behind both times. Um, but look, a win's a win. One of those ones. And uh, move on to a huge semi-final in that. Is that going to be the RDS? That's the RDS, Why yeah. Why won't they play it in the Aviva? I think maybe like end of season fatigue almost like like they they probably, they wouldn't sell it out like so is it worth the, right. the effort or or even again they have to they'd have to book it pretty late you know like it's only confirmed now okay so the Aviva could have something else on oh, okay Beyonce could be coming to town or something like that or um, <laughs> could be anything on the go okay dad <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can say that in a weird way Beyonce what is it one of them singers or dancers or something. <laughs> 
Okay, right, we'll be back with a look at the upcoming Champions Cup final at St. James's Park next weekend between champions Leinster and two times winners Saracens. But to take us there, our friend Jenny Murphy uh, has a new podcast called Play by Play uh, with Neave McAvoy, and we're going to hear from them right now. Keen Healy put up a post saying, you know, any chance the girls can get some um, tickets for... Oh, Keen Healy, yeah. yeah. Oh, so funny. And they, I think, somebody put back like, yeah, no worries, we'll get the girls tickets if you do a music video from one of the acts that's playing in Electric Picnic. <laughs> oh, no. <That's> amazing. <laughs> so, cue, right? So, one of the guys, Sam, was playing the piano, fake playing the piano, and then... There was steam coming up from behind the piano. <laughs> now, later we found out it was a kettle being boiled constantly and Keen Healy in a wig and then just giving, blaring out Bonnie Tyler like an amazing lip sync. Ah, yeah. That's way better than what the Arsenal lads <laughs> boys. Okay, welcome back uh, to the Champions Cup final preview. Now, let's get down to business. Not that excited, really. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's our job. Yeah. <laughs> the matchups are interesting, like the. Sorry, go on, you were saying? I don't know. I feel obliged to, to yeah. at least. I'm excited that it's in St. James's Park. Yeah. I like it's a good stadium. I suppose, isn't it? Newcastle's a good city. Owen Farrell versus Johnny Sexton. That'll be good. Furlong versus Vonapolo. Conan versus Vonapolo. Viggles versus McGrath, Williams James. versus Kearney, so on. J James Ryan versus uh, Toji. Yes. George versus Cronin. It's loads. It's Carney versus Good. Orlean Williams. Yeah, I think you'll probably play the wing. Anyway. Yeah, it's going to be an unbelievable game. We got it. I hope the nitty gritty so. there. Yeah. For a second. <laughs> Uh, James yeah. Lowe has to start, obviously. Yes, I think we're both massive fans of his. Yeah, we're big fans of Jim uh, James Gibson, Jameson Gibson Park as well. Yeah, but yeah, well, I drawing think, on what we said earlier on, yeah, you got to have that X factor, and James Lowe can win you a game. Mm, I agree. Um, they're going to be they're very similar teams, very similar uh, styles, I suppose. Yes, but I think um, Saracens. Are, are just slightly more structured than uh, Leinster. Mm -hmm. and I think Saracens are just ever so slightly just more of a machine and just more dogged and just execute slightly better with more consistency. I think their defence is a little bit better. I, this is only going on the two semi-final semi performances. Mm -hmm. Leinster were very close to getting back to where they were, but I thought Saracens were ridiculous against Munster. Mm -hmm. Did you think so? I did. <clears throat> I thought they were... They're beatable. I think when you say defence was was incredible, I thought I thought there's holes in it. Like you know, um, I think like how would you think Leinster could think, beat them? Um, well, <laughs> probably by doing what Leinster do best and just hold on to the ball yeah. for long periods, keep being being quite um, uh, clever with their phase play. Um, yeah. When they go out the back, they stay tucked. They keep the passes short and sharp, so they can't allow Saracens to get those big kind of momentum swinging. Um, defensive um, big hits behind the game line that kind of stuff um, so yeah I'm not saying Saracen are going to go out and hammer them definitely not I just think Saracens for me are slight favourites mm. slight yeah. favourites slight favourites I'd agree I think I mean if Sexton continues 
to get better as he like he has. He was brilliant last in the semi-final. He's going to be the key for me, obviously, for Leinster. He's the talisman. If he plays well, I, I don't know. I think they'll um, be very hard to beat. That relentless... I think they could be fitter than, than Saracens. That kind of relentless play to just keep breaking them down. Mm -hmm. I think that could stand to them. Um, I think we've audio Pat, have we, from Josh van der Fleer. Yeah, he was, um, he was at those Pro 14 Awards as well. So himself and Philip... Uh, Cantapomi were there and they were just Philip. talking about <laughs> Philip Cantapomi. <laughs> oh, you guys pronounce the E at the end of his <laughs> um, Yeah, so we can hear from him. He was just talking about, he said he's hope he's going to be back on the field training soon, but uh, just asked him about what can he do for a team, you know, in the, these coming weeks. And I was saying uh, one of them might even be just that he took, took one for the team and just chatted to us media fools there today so um, yeah we can listen to him now some people might just actually see that results might think that Munster played badly or something like that but Chorizo have actually been finishing the season on the high as well weren't they they were almost unlucky not to get that win but actually very unlucky not to get yeah that no they today. played I thought they played brilliantly um, they're a very dangerous team um, thought they played played really nice rugby looked really dangerous in attack and because they were uh, they were pretty good against us in the RDS and every time we played them for the last couple of years um, and they're really they've really improved hugely this year and they're uh, yeah, I think you definitely can't underwrite them and I think um, having seen them this year I think everyone will be um, really understand the threat they they have for for next season and yeah they were they were unlucky but then again Munster did very well to to get a win and that's kind of the end of the day what it's about Munster are through so um, yeah Treviso are pretty impressive but Munster did well to grind out the win and can you like explain the mindset of um, I know even before the semi-final even before the quarter-final people are wondering whether can Leinster bring this day game can they kind of be as good as they were last season as well but yet they did in those two games as well without kind of having been together and played every week in week out how is it possible to do something like that? And is it something in training where you try and get yourself ramp up through the gears as well? Or um, I think, I mean, tra training is obviously a huge part of it. You get continuity through training, and um, and a lot of the lads be really good at at uh, making sure they're they're um, a part of the group and and knowing knowing the detail and knowing the stuff they need to know for each week. Um, yeah, it's. I suppose it's it's part of part of what, what we did last year. That we have a lot a lot of players in the squad and kind of rotates a good bit. And I think people are used to that and kind of freshens things up as well. Um, I don't think there'd be many players who would say they've been overworked this season in terms of games. They've managed everyone really well. So I think everyone it means people can be fresh for for the big games, which is which is good. And I know you'd love to be kind of out there and in the mix as well, but is there anything that you can kind of do in terms of getting the team ready, like in terms of analysis and helping out, even, you know, hopping on a grenade like this today and coming out and chatting to all of us as well? <laughs> anything you can do to help the team? Um, yeah, I think there's always there's always ways to help. Um, I mean, if there's anything anything I pick up from, I've been going to all the, all the meetings, uh, forwards meetings and team meetings, and uh, I suppose if there's anything anything I, I can pick up on or any way I can help someone who's who's playing if even if it's just someone who wants to practice a few passes before they go out to training or anything like that it's yeah it's always nice to 
to be able to contribute in some way, even though I'm not playing. But um, yeah, I suppose everyone. This one of the good things about Leinster is everyone's just rooting for for a team performance, and I think no matter even if it's your competition, um, even if it's a player you're competing with, they always want you to get better and try and help out where you can. So that's that's what I try to do. And, and there, sorry, I was going to say there is. Um, you're talking about the competition as well. Like Dan Levy, a guy you often would clash with or, or compete for the same jersey with. But have you guys then kind of you're almost going through the same journey together again, aren't you? The, the road back as well. Like, it, is it good to kind of have someone there to kind of help each other along the road as well and give each other support and advice? It, it is. Yeah, I think uh, it's obviously very tough for for someone like Dan. I mean, I had uh, injured for a good bit of time. Um, last year and kind of understand a bit of of what he might be going through and it's, and it's obviously tough but all the lads have been brilliant uh, getting around him and he seems seems to be doing well it's it's part it's part of the game there's the injuries the shorter injuries longer injuries and I suppose you you, d- you do what you can try and stay as positive, positive as you can and I think everyone's very good about, about getting around and supporting each other Every game you have to keep the ball because the, the more the more you have the ball, the more chances you have to score and and themselves not to score. You know, rugby CC, you play with or without the ball. The more you have the ball, uh, the more chances you have to 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 score and and not allowing allowing them to score. Uh, you can't defend for 80 minutes against a team like Saracens, you know, because it's it's very tough. But it will be crucial, uh, obviously. If, if we can have the ball, the more time we can. But it's it will be crucial what we do without the ball as well, you know. So it's it's a it's a we have we'll we'll have to be at our best performance of the year to to beat Saracens. That's the truth. And and we face that challenge, and we are looking forward to that challenge. Enjoying your first year back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoying <laughs> it very much. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> okay, that's uh, Philip Cantapomi there. And <laughs> And JDF. Um, so they're yeah they're going to play the Leinster way, keep the ball. Um, obviously, you know, I think this could come down to one score. I don't think there's going to be a huge difference between either team. Um, kick of a ball, bounce of a ball, the Who- throw of a ball. <laughs> <laughs> or a missed tackle, or something. Rugby, yeah. general rugby. Yeah, should win in the end. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, it's 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 you can't really speculate on these things. I have no idea who it's going to be. I can't. Can you, do you have any idea? You going to no. go? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Saracens by two points. Okay, done. Um, Saracens did come off beating, uh, having beaten Exeter at the weekend. A mm-hmm. um, couple of big wins for them, so they'll have a little bit of a. Did you see Steenson getting bounced? No. By um, the big Australian second half. Oh, Will Skelton. Yeah. Hilarious. Go away. <laughs> yeah. He, he found himself in the backfield and uh, Austin Healy actually made the point. He should be more experienced to find himself in that position. <laughs> right. Yeah. Once Skelton makes a line break <laughs> and he just charged at him. Really? He, didn't he made a line him. break. Yeah. So there was a good distance between the two. Yeah, guys. oh he got a he got a head of steam up, oh, no. bounced him and then offloaded. He's so big. Man. I know. I know. Yeah. He's massive. Fair play to Stinson, even giving it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is he retiring at the end of the year? Is he keeping going, do you know? Uh, there's been, I think it was his testimonial year, wasn't it? So there's a lot of stuff going on for that, but I think he'll keep going, yeah, because he's still tipping mm. away, yeah. He's a hero over there. He is. They love him over yeah, there. Yeah, I met him in uh, after the Monster match in Thorn Park, and uh, he's set up his, he's bought a pub. Yeah. Yeah, he started his own little business. He's 
fucking he's there I'm here for life like yeah 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 so fair play yeah he's a good guy the one that got away mm. um we go to the rugby roundup it's like that okay yeah uh Rugby, uh, rugby rumours. Rugby. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. Do you remember what I said about that? <laughs> we should introduce it that way. Yeah. Come here, do you remember? Do you what they said about what Ron, Ron Laguerre? What? He might be going to La Rochelle away. Yeah. With Jono. Jono Gibbs. Jono Gibbs. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Ah, yeah. What do you think? I think fair play to him. Yeah. So he's, he's dying to get back to France, is he? Oh, sounds like it. Yeah. That's what I heard, like. I thought, oh, I thought you had suggested we were going to get the golden ticket. We were going to get O'Gar O'Connell. That's what I thought. But the Looking are, after the Monster oh, Academy. Both of them are staying in France by the looks of it. O'Connell's staying as well. I think so, yeah. What? I thought he came home. I said, oh, he's still no talks of it yet. Like, No, he's, I think he's just going to have the crack. Really? <laughs> just stay in France. <laughs> Will we go to France? Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. I don't speak French. Si, si. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um... Any other new rumours? Um, do you want to make one up? <laughs> <laughs> I met uh, the Sprint Whisperer from last week. Do you, yeah. you mentioned him? Yeah, what did Flack call him? His name is Tom Cummins. Uh -huh. So obviously, cumbag. <laughs> Which is awful. Because you forget that that's his nickname, that it's an inappropriate nickname when you introduce him to people. Yeah, and he'll, be, just... he'll, be, he'll have mixed feelings if we're getting a shout-out. Yeah, <laughs> I met him yesterday. He was delighted with the last week's shout-out because yeah. we praised him for being the sprinter whisperer where he was basically teaching all the rugby players in Ireland how to be faster. Yeah. Um, so we had to bring him back a little bit and give him... Yeah. Give him a poor, nick <laughs> poor nickname. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a, a masseur. Did you ever work with Paul Bald? No. He's <laughs> he has no hair. He's Paul McMahon, <laughs> and he was like, I think he might have. He came in, and he's no hair, and he, he came in, and he and I think I might have said, or he may flat made said to him, I'm I'm training a comeback in the afternoon. He said, Jesus, the nicknames. What are you going to call me, Paul Bald? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it became bald, <laughs> B-A-L-D. So, uh, yeah, he's still bald. Um, but, yeah, the Sprinter Whisper is delighted. And I th we got a few tweets about people who were very interested to hear how good he was yeah. at teaching us. So, um, <clears throat> Tommy was... I th I'm, uh, there's a placard down in UL. I actually passed it this morning on my, my nature walk. And it says that he's one of the four in the Irish relay team that wore that set the new Irish record in Sydney in... When was the Sydney Olympics? 2000 and... Oh, when we were in school. On the button, was it? Yeah, yeah. So he was one of those that said he still holds the record. Um, just freakishly fast dude. But, um, yeah, the train, the speed training for me was... Why it was the most enjoyable was you could measure it so so yeah. well. Like, I used to, we, had, we had such a... Back in your day, though, it would have been a stop clock, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> stop watch. Cocked it up. Go! Jeez, you're very fast today. <laughs> But you just measure it by your eyes, yeah. <laughs> Definitely faster. Um, but we had, yeah, there was like myself, Earl Z, Dowling, Paul Warwick, Wally, uh, Kieran Lewis, Dougie, Lazadette. We Wally, had, top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wally and Earl Z, I think when Earl Z came in, it was like, fuck's sake. Yeah. But um, do you know, you'd like, we do, on Monday, we do power sessions where it's all explosive weights, like clean and jerk or yeah, snatch. Yeah, yeah. Do 40 minutes of that. A lot of counter movement jumps and stuff like that. Yeah, again, clean and, clean and jerks gone out of the game though. But they don't do that anymore. Do they not? No. Why? 
I, I don't know. I think they think it's too technical. They do um, like concentric squats and stuff like that now, right. or jump squats or whatever. Yeah, you do spend a lot of time learning how to clean and jerk. I yeah. suppose. Whenever you can, you just get under the bar and push the bars as as high as you can. That's what's important. Yeah, just yeah. get your hips and 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 glutes moving quick. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, and then we we do the counter movement jumps, obviously, and, and you measure. What did you get in your counter movement jump? Forty two, maybe. 41, 42? <laughs> Must have been the old. <laughs> I was much lighter, I suppose. I would float down yeah. <laughs> like a feather. Uh, yeah, no, and around that as well. Yeah, yes. What I love them is you go downstairs in the track in UL and we do the gates, uh, 30 metre sprints. Yeah. So they clock you on, the, on your start, clock you on 10 and clock you on 30. Um, he always would have got some fella who thought he was a bit smart. As he's coming up to the 30, he'd reach out and try and break the... Axel. <laughs> Axel. <laughs> Axel is unbelievable. First of all, so it clocks you when you start. So he would, just before it keep his chest start, he'd go back a yard. <laughs> so he'd get a run up and then he'd keep his chest in so his arm wouldn't cut through the first one. And then when he'd get to the, the third one, he'd reach out as far as he could and just try and yeah. clock it. No matter how many times Tom was like, you're only cheating yourself here. Like, it's yeah, yeah. not making you faster. He didn't care. Like, he was just like, yeah. as long as I you... remember um, doing um, sprints with Jared Payne one time. And he, he said, um, try with a ball. So it didn't work for me anyway. He said, no, you always run faster with a ball. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. But we put a ball in Jared's hand and he got faster. Go away. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I found that the sprint training a bit unusual, like what to do with your hands and stuff. Yeah. It never happens, like you're always moving or sidestepping. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Craig Gilroy tells a story about how he was um, on the bike on the mezzanine at Ulster, so you got a good view of looking down on, into the gym. Chris Henry was trying to sprint. <laughs> And he, he has been building himself up, like for his, like, you know, sub max, sub max, trying to get there. And then eventually, this was his one. He was going to take off, took one step, <laughs> fell over, <laughs> landed on his face. <laughs> and Gilly was inconsolable. He was crying his eyes out. He was laughing so hard. You can tell us the story. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the chubbier lads would probably... Yeah. It was a bit pointless, was this? Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. What was his nickname? Was it Chubby? Oh, no, Chad. Chad. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's Chris Henry then, for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Was he not Chubby as well or something? There was something about him eating burgers and... Um, uh, what else was he? Oh, Hamburger Sarevi. Hamburger Sarevi. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he did well in the sevens before he broke three, so they okay. called him Hamburger Sarevi. Okay. He did have other nicknames, he just can't remember them. Oh, that's great, fella. <laughs> Another retired man this yeah. year. Was that, was that last year? Last year. Early in the season. Um, any more rumours? Um, we should have thought we didn't realise this was going to be a feature. Yeah, we, we can introduce um, fake, fake rumours from now on. Yeah, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> we'll move on to the Guinness Made a More Irish Player of the Weekend. And here are your nominees Marcel Coetze and Kieran Treadwell of Ulster. Colby Fienga of Connacht and CJ Stander of Munster. Thanks for your, all your votes and comments. The winner is Marcel Coetze. Coetze. He was yeah. unbelievable. He was. He's an animal. Yeah. Good guy. Fair play. Um, now, we have got some Game of Thrones coming up. Oh, yeah. There's a few people that aren't happy with the Game of Thrones because they don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> but sure, look at 
Most people do. Most people do. Uh, if you don't, then do. But we're going to have a sting from the new Joe show, The North Awaits Game of Thrones podcast, which is definitely not as up to speed as we are, but sure, look at it. It's good stuff, the way yeah. I listen to it on the way in there. Is it? Yeah. I was worried I was going to start. Just steal all their ideas? Yeah, that's what I was worried I was going to... Grant. Come through. Grant. <laughs> sure, we're more popular anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For now. It's Kinsella Bowl on this week's The North Awaits as we are joined by Carl's brother and Joe's very own Red Viper, Rudy Kinsella. We're going to examine in detail episode four of the increasingly unpredictable final season of Game of Thrones, asking if magic is dead, is there a future for Jon and Daenerys and will Euron get what he wants? That's The North Awaits on Joe, now available on the podcast app, Spotify and SoundCloud. Okay, so we've got our uh, Game of Thrones correspondent on the line, Dave Shanahan. You're on. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's my that's my new title. The, the pirate, the queen riding pirate. That's me. That's me. So when everyone else was fighting last night, were you just or last week were you just riding the queen? Do you reckon? Well, 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 well it's after we talked about it last week. That's my that's my only intention, really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you're a purist, Shanners. I don't, care. I don't care about anything else. Like. Yeah. We were thinking, we were saying before, and we could have your, your, like the Sex Pistols, God, God Save the Queen. We could have you, your team tune be got by Dave Rode the, Dave Rode the Queen. Dave Rode the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. He's only a uh, human being. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shatters, were you, were you pleased with the, the, the latest episode then? I... Personally, I loved it, yeah, but um, it's got it's got quite a lot of heat, hasn't it? It seems to have got a bit of heat, but yeah, I was I was pleased with it. I think because there's been yeah. such a build up, then it was always going to be it was always going to yeah, be. I think people, I, yeah, it, it was always going to be hard. I think people kind of thought they never sort of uh, got to see, like, got to know much about the Night King. You know, he sort of came, never said anything or anything. He sort of died, you know. Yeah, we didn't get to know him ever, did we? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I would like to get an hour of it, yeah. yeah. Hear what you have to say. Yeah, yeah but they don't talk. Uh, we, sh- we clarified that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah well, well, who he, he never got a chance to speak, though, did he? Yeah. Well, he had plenty of chances he, to speak. <laughs> He'd eight series. He'd eight series. <laughs> yeah, he could have spoken. Do, 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 you know, do you know what I found weird about it? It's like the way... Um, like through sort of the whole season, like literally his facial expression never changed at all. And then like uh, you know that bit where Daenerys tries to burn him with her dragon. Yeah. And then uh, and he gives that little smirk. Yeah, yeah. he's smug. Yeah. I thought that was weird, like wasn't it? I thought that was a little bit. That was a bit gimmicky. I thought. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I thought was like, like he didn't change his facial expression at all throughout the whole season. Like, I think that's irrelevant to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably is. Uh, <laughs> Here, um, I've got one issue. Um, obviously, uh, spoiler alert, but um, obviously Arya saved the day. Um, yeah. But rewind five minutes and she was uh, concussed and she was like, she couldn't see in front of her and like she would have failed her HIA for definite. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I mean, you know yourself, um, like Cooney got a bang in the head yesterday and then that was your chance to yeah. come in and save the day but nah not oh, yeah. in Game of Thrones Cooney well, stays on and saves the day wasn't the me yeah got his Cooney chance and all and I'm 
um, I got the shepherd shot like. Yeah, and then so Arya, despite being concussed, having blood all over her face, nearly dying, she managed. She just runs out of the room and then appears flying through the air. Did she jump over the yeah. over the wall? That that is a bit weird. I, I don't. What, what do you reckon happened? Like uh, Greg was saying, like the only thing she could have done is like a like a sort of flying squirrel thing, sort of off the top of Winterfell. I don't know, like. Where, where, where did she come from? <laughs> like, Could like, she not have just come down, climbed down off the wall and just strolled in? There was no one else around, was there? Oh, well, there was all the other, like, what do you call those, like, deputy white walkers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they all look the same with the long white hair. They were just having a fag over on the side. <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, what were his henchmen, like, what were they even doing? Yeah. Look, look uh, I'm, gla did, I'm did glad, did you hear, did you hear that? I'm glad they got, sorry, go on, yeah. I was going to say, did you hear that one about, uh, remember when, when John gets up and starts, like, screaming at the dragons? Yes. At the dragon. Yeah, he, uh, apparently he's saying, like, go. Did, did, you, did you hear that one? No, I haven't heard this. Like, he's, so apparently, like, he's, like, telling, like, people are thinking, like, he was trying to distract the dragon so Arya could, like, run by him or something. Like, he's, like, saying, go, go. If you look back at it, like, that's what he's saying, apparently. I don't know. Oh, I, I thought at the time... I actually lost a little bit of respect for John there because I thought he was just throwing. I thought he was throwing a tantrum. What was going to achieve from that? Like, yeah, yeah. He was just. I think he just thought we're dead here. At least I'm going to be yeah, yeah. kind of brave and just ah, yeah. <laughs> rather than dying <laughs> like yeah. kind of quivering behind that pile of um, like cushions. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, that's what that's what some people are thinking anyway. That's why he was. Where did John's dragon go? Do I did we know? Uh, yeah, apparently he's 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 still alive, isn't he? Because I I thought that dragon that was uh, there, like in the middle of Winterfell at the end, I thought that was John's one that had been raised back to life. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I th I think he's still floating about somewhere. Okay. Yeah, apparently they're they're both alive. I think they both feature yeah. in the in the trailer for yeah. the next episode. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't want to watch the trailer, should you? Oh. I don't think you get much out of it, apart from well, obviously that. Yeah. I've told you that. Now I don't right. like watching those like little teaser trailer things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I suppose that one dragon, uh, it was it was Daenerys' dragon. Then he took he took off, and he had he could have had maybe what at least fifty people hanging off him, didn't he? Yeah, well, he he lived there, didn't he? Yeah. He did well. Yeah. He, he, like, I, those dragons I, are clumsy enough at the best times, <laughs> aren't they? I, I, I feel they really like, underutilised the dragons a lot, didn't they? Yes, absolutely. They couldn't see. <laughs> they couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see either. The episode was dark and it was snowing. Yeah. I didn't know who did, was did, who. Did you, I, I actually didn't have a problem. I thought I, I could see it all quite well. But people are all giving out about how dark it was, weren't they? Yeah, I thought that was an, that was an issue for me. Yeah, it was pretty annoying. Okay, fair enough. I They're thought... Enough to mm, yeah. <laughs> I was happy that they, they got the White Walkers out of the way, that they're gone. I think... Are made, they, though? Really? I, th I think so. Like, a mate of mine described it very well. He was like, one of the... Dara, one of my mates, said, uh, it's like when you're trying to play a game of football and uh, you're, you're obviously up against the opposition and you're trying to fight them. But then there's, it's really hot in the summer and there's a lot of midges around and they keep flying into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like you're fighting them as well. It's like, what was it, the yeah. World Cup in Russia last year when all those flies were on the pitch? That's kind of like the White Walkers are like. Yeah, so it's like, get them fucking out of the way, close the roof, and we'll just go head to head with, you know, the proper Game of Thrones. 
Yeah. Well, to be honest, I I always uh, I thought the White Walkers sort of thing was the best part about it. To be honest. Oh no! I see. I think the White Walkers they're a sideshow. I think. Yeah. Like I think the real villain's Cersei. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's a little dick, so. So now we get down to brass taxes where they get to someone's like we like we said last week. Varys is going to do something. Someone's going to be fucked over. Uh, they're going yeah. to start. They surely will start killing some of the. The, the more important ones because we were expecting a lot of blood last week but there was very yeah. little right yeah but I, I I think the reason they didn't kill off that many like main characters last week is because like if they had it would have sort of taken away from the ending a bit you know I think yeah no I do I do I agree but I think yeah. they've got to start and like we were talking beforehand like the writing has gotten a little bit worse now because uh it has yeah. a little bit. It's not as dramatic, and maybe it's because their HBO are starting to lean in now, and they're like, "Well, you can't kill Jon Snow, or you can't give anything because we'll we'll lose some viewers." Yeah. Or um, yeah, exactly. So I hope they don't I, pussy people out. People definitely said that since like the since the show over top the books that it's definitely like the writing's got a bit worse, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got one one other um, issue or concern or question, really. I suppose so. Arya, um, she came out of nowhere. To, to kill yeah. um, the Night King, so and it was yeah. uh, I I loved I loved the way it was done. I loved the way she like transferred the dagger from one hand to the other, <clears> and then just yeah. find the wee break in his armor. That was well done. So that was almost like a really well executed um, try, like a wee set piece play where mm. you score yeah. the the try of the season. But no one's there to see it. So did she go yeah. back because Bram is the only one there and Bram, he's not a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see, can't see Bram sitting around everybody and saying, gather around, wait till you hear what Arya did. <laughs> Shut up, Bram, you weirdo. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like she would have to then set, tell it in the first, first person, yeah. which kind of, kind of takes yeah, away from yeah. it. She goes, oh no, I did this really cool thing where I like pretended to stab him with one hand, dropped it, <laughs> caught it, and they're all like, Arya, get over yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, that's that very So, true. yeah, I wondered what way that was going to... Because they all just seemed happy enough with what happened, but maybe they don't appreciate yeah, like, how... Yeah, like, they're like, believe that she killed an icon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bran will say, as Bran tends to do... Bran, he's, he's very understated, isn't he? Mm. He, he would just well, say... I, I, I'm sort of wondering now, like, see, like, that the white one stuff's out of the way. What's, like, Bran's use now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is he just gonna start being normal again, or is he gonna still be just keeping a weirdo? Yeah, I wonder if he'll snap back into he'll he'll move away from the being the one-eyed raven. Well, Paul here, Paul here on sound made a good point that he's been marked by the by the White Walkers or by the Night King, hasn't he, on his arm? Yeah. And now Arya has been marked because she he grabbed her by the throat. Yeah, so, yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, sure. We'll see. We'll see. So what's going on there? They what does marked mean? It's been touched, well, maybe maybe when he's dead or something. Maybe the marks will go. I don't know. Yeah, I thought you might. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think I I was happy with the episode anyway. I was. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it, but that's a guy like I don't know, maybe I'm a bit stupid or something, but I didn't pick up on a lot of the flaws or anything. <laughs> I, I, I quite I quite liked um ah, uh Theon's bit. Because I uh like he he has been he's had a tough, hasn't he? He has. He's brought a lot of it upon himself though, Shanners. He which? He's brought a lot of it upon himself though, I think. 
Yeah, in fairness, he, he did, he did, he did. Um, but I, I thought it was nice seeing sort of a little bit of, well, I suppose a bit of redemption, like he, uh, he protected Bran for a while, but then got, got murked by the night team. Murked. <laughs> but it was, he was, he was fighting away for ages, defending Bran, defending Bran, and yeah. then, and then all that, all that hard work for the most half-hearted compliment from Bran. <laughs> Bran goes, you're a good man. What you there, like? Yeah, yeah. It's like when you've you've played like fifteen years of professional rugby, and then you retire at the end, and you just get like a round of applause, and then Rory Best gets like an unbelievable yeah. stadium, and just bowing to him. Like, yeah, yeah. No, Theon, I'm 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 sort of glad he's redeemed himself a bit, but still he kind of. But he had he had a hard he had a hard time, and like sure, think about a few seasons back, he was. Course. Like the only the only reason he was in the show is just so he's getting to worship. Yeah, that guy Ramsey is Ramsey Ramsey Bolton, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he Ramsey, was a yeah. great character, wasn't he? He was good. He was good. He, he was a bit bit of a dickhead, but he was good. Like, yeah, he was more evil than Cersei, I would say, even. Yeah, like he was just sadistic. Yeah, he's a bit disturbed. He cut yeah. his dick off, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. That yeah, he did. and he sent it to his dad. Oh, yeah. and then oh right. Hmm. Yeah, he sent his dick to his father. See, you are a man for the details, Shannon. That's why I'm here, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, listen, I think um, we'll leave it there, will we? Yeah, yeah, sure. Here, how how about um, Cooney's house party? How'd that end up? Yeah, it was actually good. It was good. I think after... um, after our episode last week, more people found out about it than probably should have. So probably... <laughs> <laughs> there was slightly too many people there, but uh, it was good crack. Yeah, was Cardi there? He was, he was, he was. We were chatting about it. Yeah, we all slagging him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, all right. Nice one. Shanners, listen, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. Cheers, man. No worries. Talk to you next you week. Good Cheers, Shanners. See ya. Okay, that was Dave Shannon, our Game of Thrones correspondent. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on. I look forward to seeing that episode and then having to talk about it next week. We also put out a hashtag, AskHOR, for your best Twitter questions using the hashtag AskHOR. And here is my favourite. Given that Carty and Cooney had a kicking percentage bet for this year, what's the weirdest bet either of you made with another pro during your careers? Have you got one? Uh, no, Cardi and Cooney. That's that. I mean, what were the stakes for this? Like, they had to go for dinner, wasn't it? Oh right, okay. Buy dinner. Oh, so that's a bit nice, isn't it? Remember yeah. what bet was it you made where you had to get a, a tattoo on your back? Didn't you? Or that wasn't a bet, was it? I it was more was, of a forfeit. It what? Yeah, that if if Ireland won the Grand Slam, or was it just the championship against championship. France? Championship. Yeah, 2014. Remember you telling yeah, me that? I'd yeah, I get it. Thirteen tattoos. Yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah, I. That was pretty bad. Like, yeah, it was. It was dark days. Still there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I once. Um, so Mike, when Mike Laurie, the Ulster fullback, was in fourth year in school, like under 15s medallion. I know you're not familiar with. Not a clue. What we call it up there. Weird. <laughs> um, he was playing medallion shield, and a friend of mine teaches in his school. Mm-hmm. He said, this kid is class, he's going to be incredible, playing 10, obviously, mm-hmm. just run, ru- ruling the roost, like just calling all the shots, making all the plays, totally, everything goes through him, and he was class, he was incredible, I came along to watch him play against Methody, and then I was on the way home, I was like, 
wonder what sort of odds you'd get for him playing for Ireland. So I, I emailed Paddy Power. <laughs> <laughs> they never go back to They me. never go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Try it now. Well, I mean, you wouldn't get much return now. Would you? You never know. Because yeah. he's very likely to play for Ireland. At what some did stage. You, do you, have you often emailed Paddy Power? Like, what did that you was say? a complete one-off. I just thought, I just took a notion. It was almost more just for the story to be able to find out. I wonder what his odds actually would be. Yeah. We should do that now. We should pick a yeah. pick a young lad who's in school. Maybe we could get someone out <clears> there, the likes of my my mate, who kind of knows mm. who's the next best thing coming through. I wonder, like there was Craig kid. Casey. Or he probably oh, he's too he's yeah, too, it's too late. No, you need to get someone when they're twelve or thirteen. Okay, and you need to get someone whose dad never played for Ulster Ireland or never. Mm. Then you get longer odds. Do, do you remember there was a there was a Welsh footballer who played for Wales at the age of sixteen, and his granddad had put money on him, decent really? bit of money actually made 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 a good bit of money out of it. I don't know what it was, what sort of odds he got, but yeah, he cashed in when his grandson Your played grand. for Wales. Wow, football this is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that was. Do you know? Yeah, I know. Well, that the guy Ethan Lampady, was it? Oh, that'd be great if you came up with that. That'd be that'd be brilliant. <laughs> I was either thinking of him or else the lad who plays for Liverpool. They, they loan out sometimes. He was talented. <clears throat> Ampadu played against Ireland and um, pretty good, yeah. But this is like a few years ago, though, and he's been play, he playing since he's 16. So. so how much money are we talking? How much did the granddad make? I, I'm, I think he New, made something like 100 grand. New hip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those wee stair, stair things. The yeah, yeah. thing that bring up the stairs. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Um, yeah, if anyone has suggestions for young lads that we can make a few <laughs> sweet <laughs> catch up, <laughs> let us know. Uh, that's great. Keep those questions coming in, please. We love those random ones. Um, so thank you very much for that. What was his name or her name? David Curtis. Uh, Woodburn is here when I was just before. <laughs> Who was ben it? Ben Woodburn. It could be him. But that's, good. that's my two guesses. Again, yeah. if I'm wrong, somebody let me know on Twitter or... Yeah. In the comment section. I know it was a vague enough story for me. I didn't have enough information. Mm. Didn't prep it though. I mean, it was just. It's fine. So we'll get there. We're just rolling with it. We'll get there. This is what we do. Right. Thank you everybody for your comments, questions, for listening on all your favourite apps, and for watching us on YouTube. A big, big thank you to everyone that was involved in making the show Paul, Dermot, Anthony, and Pat. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe together with Guinness. Party on. Thanks for keeping us company. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.